Greetings, this is the Inspector, and you're listening to Sci-Fi Saturday Night, streaming into your human ear holes. Enjoy! Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Sci-Fi Saturday Night. We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you can be so easily! It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you will give you witchcraft. You think me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. From a very dark corner of sub-level 9, deep in Area 51, hello and happy faux spring and stuff. Welcome to TalkCast 341, this week's edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Tonight, with a chance of lingering snark storms, I am the Dome. Joining the TalkCast tonight, as much of the cast as we're able to get together uh, uh, this week, uh, the Gang of Four. In the Peabody Time Tunnel, our technical anarchist, it's our own button-pushing, keyboard-clacking, sonic screwdriver and girl genius, Covered in packing Excelsior, it's Kriana. That's what she said. Repeatedly, evidently. From the stacks of her personal space in the dank dungeons, long drive to nowhere, the friending robots inviting aliens to lunch, and has been known to have knitting circles at Stonehenge, it's Zombrarian. If you were in a risk... There you are. If you were playing a risk-type game... And you were, say, playing France. Where okay. would you attack first? Would you move down the Iberian Peninsula or head straight for Rome? Um, well, I know the person to ask this, so I'm going to now throw this to uh, the guy who walks into original fast food restaurants and says, where are the back issues of Guardians of the Galaxy? At this point, you know it's either TV's Opie, L. Ron Howard, or our very own futurist and gamer. Returning from a month of uh, never-to-be-remembered events, our Midwest correspondent, the guy who likes really shiny stuff, Awake by Java. I remember stuff. It's just not real stuff. <laughs> we know. We are so aware of that. So your choice is the Iberian Peninsula or Attack Rome. Where are you going? And why are you going there? I vote for Rome. I mean, Oops. yeah. I mean, that's the center of power, but, you know. Don't cross that river, man. I'd say Iberian Peninsula. Swimming's better. Good start there. And on that dead note, uh, our guests tonight are two out of three people who have been on the show before, and the third guy I've met a couple of times. Um, I want to start third rando. I met him once. Third rando person who I met once. You know, wow. Could that be a more glowing introduction? I don't think you've ever given a more it, glowing introduction. Well, I'm working. I'm working. I'm working. You start low, you move up, and All right. you're fine. But I'm not. Uh, but I'm not actually starting while I'm starting with uh, contributor to Sci-Fi Saturday Night, an incredibly author, incredibly an incredibly author, 
Uh, Stacy Longo. Stacy, welcome back. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Most people, you know, I do the show one time, they never call again. This is actually, I think, number eight for you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still not nearly enough. I got to tell you, still not nearly enough. Well, I, I want uh, like Alec Baldwin's record for hosting SNL. So, you know, we'll get there. It'll be my sci-fi Saturday night record. But do you do you do an impression that, that we can use? <laughs> no, no. I suck no. at impression. Okay. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right because you're an amazing writer okay. and we love having you on the show. Thanks. The, the book that we're going to talk about is a book called Triplicity, uh, The Terror Project, Volume 1, which assumes a couple of things, that there are three stories, that they're all in one way or another uh, dealing with terror, and Volume 1 means that there's probably more coming, uh, all of which I'm hoping for. The second writer in Triplicity has been on the show an amazing six times. Rob Swells. Rob, welcome to the show. Six? Really? Yeah. I was sitting here counting on my fingers and I, I okay. How are you, Dom? Not bad for an old man. How are you doing? Not bad for an old man. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> yes. The, the third writer in Triplicity is, is a gentleman who I met who was sitting next to Stacy at a convention about a year or two ago, may, I think it was two years at this point, a very, very small convention. Uh, they were, they were tucked away in, in a gymnasium in, in a high school. Uh, and we got to talk and I said, you've really got to do the show. And it took him two years to come around to it. Tony Trembley. Tony, welcome. Thank you very much. Well, I made it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's about damn time. It's a long walk from here. <laughs> it truly is. <laughs> So, Stacy, yeah, let's talk about triplicity, how it opened up, how it started up. Uh, where did <laughs> the idea come from? Um, Tony's actually guilty of this. <laughs> um, how it all started. You want to let Tony tell the story? <laughs> yes, I think he should. All I know is it okay. wasn't me. <laughs> uh, I think it was, again, a year and a half, two years ago. We went to a wedding. Uh, we were both invited as guests, and we had a. That's good because if you crashed it, that would just be really tacky. <laughs> no, no, we didn't crash it, uh, but I, I think we had a little bit to drink, and we got to talking about writing and our stories and how much we enjoyed each other's work. And I think it was uh, me that just made a kind of an offhand comment that we should work together and put together an anthology with the two of us and two other people. And Stacy loved the idea. It took us a while to uh, uh, get it down to some sort of workable format. It changed eventually to three people, and voila, triplicity. And I, I'm going to add so, too that it actually it changed to three people, but kind of expanded into nine because there are two more books coming in the series with three novellas each. So it's nine writers total involved. So none of none of the three writers in the first book are coming back for volumes two and three. Correct. 
but that's very okay. cool. We'll talk about it. <laughs> it's very well, yeah, it's like more cool writers to come on yeah. the show and 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 yeah. for people to read. Absolutely. So, idea. what was the concept? What was uh, three book, uh, three stories, no waiting? Was is there a unifying theme here, or um, just like three writers who want to be in the same book? It kind of it was really three writers who wanted to play in our favorite playground. You know, we all love to write. We all know and really like each other so it was it was kind of i actually posted on the sci-fi net saturday night um site this week it was three friends who got to play with words and we made a book um as far as underlying theme we didn't have one we just we just wanted it to be horror but the there was no i wanted i wanted the writers involved to just be able to have fun without feeling like they had to stick to a specific theme, but it wound up working out really well. Um, we didn't realize until I think I was running the back matter by Rob cause he's also my editor. Um, so, um, that we realized that, um, each story, the main protagonist, um, they're all women, which I didn't realize even through, you know, layout. Um, so that there are three very strong, but very different women with different stories. So that is what we're going to say. We plan to do all along. <laughs> That's the unifying theme. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Clearly. Yes. <laughs> so did you participate in each other's writing process? I mean, throwing the stories back and forth at each other. Or did you all just kind of do your own thing and go, I'm done, here you go? Yeah, that was basically it. We each had a story that uh, we'd already been working on, and we refined it. And once it was done, uh, we just submitted it. And then Rob and Stacy, as the editors, uh, basically went over all three stories, proved them, and they're in the book. Yeah. Well, I did, Tony, I sent you Brando Bad Choices, though, before... Before I made it to the final stage, I think I did throw it at you like, ah, what do you think? <laughs> you did, and I and I really enjoyed it. And I, I did get, well, once you came up with the, I don't I, I don't even know what you call it, maybe the first draft of the book. Yeah. Uh, you know, I went through your stories, uh, your story, and I went through Rob's story, and did some commentary and some suggested edits, and you guys did the same to mine. I had, you had a lot more in mine than I did on yours. <laughs> Uh, but but it worked out very well. Does it help that you all you guys all like working with each other? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it makes it a lot more fun. Yes. It can get tough. when you have an editor looking at your work and they make suggestions. It's tough not to be possessive. I mean, these are your words. You you know your own blood, sweat, and tears went into this thing. When you have someone that comes in and says, you know, maybe you ought to think about doing this. Your first reaction is to say, no, no, I love it the way it is. I'm not going to change it. But when you get somebody as good as Rob and Stacy making the suggestions, people you, you know, you not only like, but you, you trust, uh, it goes down a lot easier. And you get to thinking, you know what, maybe they're right. <laughs> you don't necessarily have to take the, the suggestion, but you certainly kind of 
ruminate about it. You do. And, and there was a couple suggestions that, that Stacy made that I, I did think were worthwhile and I did make them. There was one or two that I did have a problem with. And I explained, you know, what my reasoning was. And she said, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, and basically that's, you know, how the editing process went. She's, yeah. If they, you're a writer, the story is yours. We can make suggestions as editors, but it's, it's your story. It's got to be good for you or it's not, it's not going to work. So yeah, the, the writer, the writer always has the last word. And the other good thing about, so, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Tony. Uh, the other thing about having two different editors is you get two different uh, perspectives of your work. You know, each one of them has a strength and they'll look at things. You know, Stacy's very good with the mechanical side of it. Rob and was, I can lift. I can lift heavy things. <laughs> <laughs> and Rob lifted the heavy things. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, it, uh, they had it covered, which was uh, which I really appreciated. So what, what I was hoping we'd be able to do tonight is, is for each of you to talk a little bit about your particular inclusion in Triplicity. So, Rob, could you talk to us a little bit about the Christmas spirit? Huh. Christmas spirit. I don't know if you remember. I, I've talked about the Christmas spirit before. Um, this is an older story of mine that I have been working on for, oh, what year is it? I've been working for about five years. I think I've been working on the story, kind of polishing it and, and refining it. Um, it's a happy little Christmas ghost story. It's not all happy. It's got to have a, you know, low point and scary point, but uh, it's, yeah, it's a Christmas ghost story. So if you've been working on it for five years, yeah, I guess the question is, why? What, what? What? What was it that held it inside you for that long before you felt that it was done and ready to go? Okay, I tend to overwrite, which <laughs> means I write really long, lo much longer pieces than I'm, I'm supposed to, and then I need to cut it back. This is the first story where I realized I had that issue i don't want to call it a problem um i, I think it's I not a problem it's, as it's long a quirk. as confronted yeah i i <laughs> sat down to write a ten thousand word short story and i wound up with a uh word novella which is you know it's overshooting the mark by a bit um and i needed when i wrote it i was still learning how to you know what needs to go and what needs to stay and how to cut things how to cut things down this one obviously had an awful lot of of cutting to do i think i cut it by almost 30 percent which is a, a massive cut for a story um and it it took a lot of me going through it other people reading it for me and pointing out things that you know you really don't need that okay i'll take that out um and it was just kind of grinding it down to only the story. Um, and that's what we that's what we wound up with, and I'm I'm pretty happy with it. I think the the important thing once again is that, that you're happy with it. But you know I've never been able to do that. It's like 
when I'm done with something, I'm done with it. And, and, you know, it's just, if it's too long, it's too long. And that's that, you know? So work Uh working with, I guess, you know, working with Stacy is always a help with that because Stacy is just an amazing editor and writer. She is. And she is much, she writes much more concisely than I do. Um, we, <laughs> most people do. Um, but we, uh, yeah, we, we have, we have very different styles of writing. So, um, in, in watching her edit my stuff, I've learned a lot about what I mentioned before about what needs to go and what can stay. Um, she's very good at, at pointing out things that need to go. <laughs> And I'm very good at giving her practice at pointing out things that need to go. <laughs> you, you you give her the, the, the chance to do that. Good for you. That's yes. wonderful. Yes. <laughs> so, Tony, can we talk a little bit about your inclusion in this? Yeah. Uh, my story is called Steel. And it's a post-apocalyptic story about group of young people they're all under 21 <coughs> excuse me living in a world that has been decimated all the adults have died there's just a few pockets of kids or i don't want to call them kids but say teenagers uh living and trying to make their way uh trying to live basically uh the idea for steel it's kind of uh funny i was sleeping one night and I heard in my head. Don't have time to do it. Well, I heard this head, this 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 sentence in my head, and it was clear as a bell. And it said, "We all watched Frankie die." And I like sat right up. It was so clear, and it was a woman's voice. And uh, that's never happened to me before. So I hurried up, and I, I I got out of bed, and I wrote it down because how many times do you get an idea at night and you just forget about it? So I wrote it down, and when I woke up the next morning, it was sitting there on the the nightstand, and I thought, man, i got to do something with this. Uh, So what I did is I I wrote a real short story. It was about, oh, gosh, I want to say 500 words, maybe a little longer, uh, and submitted it to uh, a critique group in the Horror World website. I don't know if you remember Horror World. It's it's still there, but it was at the time it was run by Nancy Kalanta. Uh, And what we would do is a whole bunch of us would – sent stories in for critiques and then we'd have people critiquing them some fate some pretty big authors looking at them and and coming back with some words of wisdom or ways to to, uh change things around uh and my story got savaged (laughs) nobody liked it except for one person his name was kurt cusioni and kurt just went into all the reasons why he liked it uh and it really gave me the confidence I needed to, to work on it. So I started Steel, but there was another story in me that, that wanted to come out first, and that was called uh, The uh, Strange Saga of Maddie Dyer. And that was about, it's a wild western, a weird western rather, about an old woman who sees a hole in the ground uh, and bad things happen. At the end of Maddie... I decided to add steel to the uh, second portion of that book. So between the sad sag of Maddie Dyer and steel, I had a novel of about, I want to say 60,000 words. 
I submitted the uh, novel to Crossroad Press, who took a look at it and said, you know, this strange saga of Maddie Dyer is really good, but you need to work on steel a little bit. So I, and he was right. It wasn't quite ready. So what I did is I pulled Maggie Dyer out of it. And that was about 15,000 words. So I was left with somewhere, I want to say 40,000 words, maybe a little more for steel uh, and continued to work on that. And much like Rob, I overwrote and uh, I wound up taking quite a bit of it out. And I think, it finally came out at around 32,000 words, 35,000 words. You remember, Stacey? Um, yeah, it was between 30 and 35, but I can't, I want to say it was closer to 30, like maybe 32. Okay, somewhere around there, but I, I took quite a bit out. Uh, so if you read Steel and you want to know the uh, origin of, of uh, this big black hole that appears in Steel, uh, you can look at my first uh, story, the strange case of uh, strange saga of Maddie Dyer, uh, and that'll give you a bit more background on it. You don't need to read it; it's a complete standalone story. Uh, but if you're into being a completist, you can always look at that other story. Is that a bad thing to be a completist? <laughs> no, it's an expensive thing to be a completist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll give you that part of it for sure. Ah, oh, like my dear. I like how I've become the poster boy for overwriting all of a sudden. <laughs> I, I guess better than being the poster boy for herpes. I, um, well, yeah, most definitely. You know, yeah. we, we prefer that there was more of your writing, Rob. We, I, at least I would. Because you, you know I'm a big fan. Um, anyhow, Stacy. Brando and the Bad Choices. Okay. Um, unlike Tony and Rob, I not only do I not overwrite, I tend to underwrite. Um, uh-huh. It, it's, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> and it's, and it, it tends to be a problem. So actually, when Tony and I were tossing the idea back and forth at that wedding, I was like, oh, novella, perfect. Like, that's, I know I can hit a word count between, you know, 20 and 30K. Great. I'm in. Um, so brand new and bad choices about, is about a, a vain, selfish woman, uh, named Stella and Stella dies and goes to hell and her adventure through hell is really an exploration of, is there redemption after death? And it really was born uh, kind of out of two things. Uh, one I have a lot of guilt. You would have thought I was brought up Catholic. Um, <laughs> I blame my mother. Sorry, mom. This is your fault. Um, I, I, it's got to be for my mother. But like every day, I'm always worried that I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm not a good enough daughter. I'm not a good enough sister. I worry about really mostly with my nephews that I'm not, I don't go to enough of their games. I'm not there enough for them. I always worry about that. So Stella is that way with her nephews, um, but much, much worse. All right. I'm just going to put that out there. I do go to some of the boys games. Um, so, um, and it also it came um, when I was trying to define hell for this woman, that kind of much like Tony also came from a dream. And um, I'm going to go on the off chance that my parents aren't listening. I had a sex dream about Marlon Brando. <laughs> <laughs> Except 
old Marlon Brando showed up and it was awful. So, <laughs> so that little nightmare, and that had to be 10 years ago that I had that. And um, it, that always stuck with me. It was horrible. So that gets incorporated into, um, into this story. So, but you'll have to read it to find out whether or not Stella finds redemption and whether she finds old Marlin or young Marlin. (laughs) (laughs) So the original project, the terror project is a, a books and booze edition. Yes. Which I think is wonderful. (laughs) Thank Uh, you. So how did that come about? Uh, Why, why did, why did Books and Booze decide this is something we want to do? Aside from the fact that you, you know, teamed up with two terrific writers to do it. Well, there was that. Yeah. I mean, I think when we were talking about when we we originally at that wedding, when we were um, when we were discussing it, we were talking about trying different publishers. But then in a follow up conversation that Tony and I had, um, we were talking about the editing process and uh, we kind of came to an, an agreement. Like editing is obviously it's very, very important to me. Uh, and I think the books and booze press books show that and reflect that. And we go through, I usually say that we have like three rounds of editing, but it's actually six edits because it's, it's three rounds of editing, but Rob and I each do a round. So, um, when I, when Tony and I were talking about it and realizing that maybe if, you know, another publisher wouldn't like it, if I was butting in on the editing process, uh, we just, we decided it, it might be better just to have it through books and booze press. You'd butt Plus, in. What's that? You'd butt in. I know you say no way, but it's true. I, I would. <laughs> um <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so we decided to do it through the press. Plus, I mean, the other win-win for me was that, I mean, I'm already familiar with Tony and Rob's writing. I mean, I knew that they could write well. I knew it would be a solid book. So, um, I mean, that was a no-brainer for me. So, as uh, depending on which hat you're wearing at the time, the writer, the editor, how do you you guys feel about this... uh, this first volume of the terror project. I think it came out great. I just, it, I, I'm including my own story, but there are three wonderful stories in here. Uh, and they're as different as night and day. Uh, you know, Stacy's has a lot of humor in it. Mine has a lot of death and horror and disgusting things. And Rob's is kind of sentimental. Uh, it, they're Mine all sc- has children. <laughs> <laughs> and I only wish I, I, my story didn't have anything to do with a dream. I've, <laughs> I've never had like a, a, a Marlon Brando sex dream, but I had a Marlon Perkins uh, sex dream once, but it, it, it was pretty good. So I, I, I can't really. While Jim is standing in the canoe, I'll be down river. <laughs> exactly. I'll be down river, buck naked with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I, I can't really got pull a, that That's fine. I did. I can't really pull a horror story out of that because he was he was okay. And, and Rob's story suffers that it didn't come from a dream. I just want to throw that out. 
<laughs> so the question then becomes volumes two and three are in the works at the moment they are um volume two will be what's up say so can we talk about those a little bit uh we can i'm going to be a little evasive about the third one but all right so the second no way. <laughs> I know. well because you know why because although they are hard at work on their novellas right now um the contracts aren't signed yet so i don't want to jinx myself um but gotcha. once contracts are signed and um the novellas are in so uh book two is going to be called three on a match and it features three stories. One is called Splendid China by Christy Peterson Schoonover. Uh, one is All's Well That Ends by G. Elmer Munson. And the, the book is uh, rounded off with uh, Melissa Crandall. She wrote a novella called Thicker Than Water. And again, I didn't give them a theme that they had to follow. But as it turns out, and I knew that I wanted the title to be Three on a Match. And um, so the Three on a Match, the, the saying, essentially what it means is that if, if you light three cigarettes off of one match, one of the people is going to die. Something yeah, that's that's an old military uh, curse. Yes. In yeah. the, when they were in the trenches in World War One, mm -hmm. they would uh, line up and have a smoke. And the sniper would see the first match, the first cigarette get lit, aim on the second one. And if you were the third, that's when he would pull the trigger. Ah, see, there you go. Well, as it ha so turns out, after these three novellas came in, um, two, two protagonists live and one dies. So it worked out really well. <laughs> 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 And then, so that one is coming out in September of this year. That'll be out September 2017. And then the third book, I'm not going to name names yet, although one of them I can tell you is a, a very good friend of Sci-Fi Saturday Night um, and a wonderful, wonderful author out of Boston, but that's all I'm going to say. Um, but but you can tell us the title. Um, I think the title of the third book is going to be called 3 a.m. Wake Up Call. And, <laughs> yeah. And the three, it's three men this time. I wanted to do, have at least woman, one woman in each one, but the second one wound up, wound up having two women. So now the third one is three men. But there you go. That's how it works so out. Now, now you've got your balance back together. Perfect. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, um, and that's going to be out spring 2018, probably. So Books and Booze is doing well. We're doing the best we can, man. I'm plugging away. <laughs> That's wonderful. It was Couldn't kind be of, happier. Yeah, it's kind of funny because, like, especially this, this project in particular, I had, we had originally planned it to be a one-off, one book of four novellas. And then, of course, it expanded into three books nine novellas total and it wound up really filling out our our publishing schedule for the next year and a half um i've had that happen a lot with the press where 
when I've been planning out, I tried to plan it out so it would be one book a quarter, and then I'll get something that's really like a manuscript will come in that's really awesome, and then so then I have to kind of juggle and and squeeze that one in too. So it's been it's been a little a lot of juggling, but when do you have time to write? <laughs> um, I I can't say in between editing. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's hard. I sometimes, uh, you know, when I'm at work, oh, I said it out loud. Um, <laughs> usually, at like late at night, uh, you know, yeah. it's probably the best time for me to get writing done. I can't imagine writing horror on a sunny afternoon with birds chirping and flowers blooming in the middle of summer. I don't know why. I just tune it out. Yeah. <laughs> you get so into the work. You just, you don't As know. As we do all unpleasant things. <laughs> right. <laughs> or you can bring your laptop outside. But yeah, Tony's right. You just tune it out. Because what you're doing is so much damn fun. You don't want to stop. Bad things can happen in the sunshine, too. Yeah, I guess guess so. (laughs) I hadn't really considered it, but sure. So what are we doing for uh, our promotion for uh, the Terror Project? Are you guys going to be conventioning, as they say? Uh, I'm cutting way back. Yeah, we're working on it. We we live so far away from each other, uh, it's difficult to get three of us at one place at the same time, but we are working on it. Yeah. We're kind of, you know, we got to look at a map and look at what would be most, the most central location and start planning events around, you know, that area. We've, it, it is, it is hard. Like Tony said, it's hard for the three of us to all be in the same place at the same time. It's a lot easier for, two of us to be in the same place at the same time. Like Tony and Rob were just um, at a, a holiday. What was that? A fear. There was fear in it. Book fear. Book fear. Thank you. The Haverhill, <laughs> Haverhill Public Library's holiday book fear. Yeah. We did quite well. Nice. Yeah. And then, you know, I, well, I, I, Tony, you're doing uh, the next... Are, are, are you just attending or are you actually performing at the next weird reading in Salem? I'll be uh, reading. And you'll be I'll, reading from? I'll be reading from uh, Steel. And That's what I thought. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm going to, I think you're allowed nine minutes. Uh, what I might do is what I did at the uh, book fairs, do four minutes on Steel and then four minutes on another piece. And the other piece, I'm not quite sure what it'll be. It might either be my story, Stardust, uh, which gets quite the reaction when I read it, or something I'm working on now. All right. But that's that. Um, I forget the date. That's in April? Yeah, the 12th, I believe. Okay. So April 12th, people can come to Salem, Massachusetts and go to, oh, God, I can't think of the name of it. Koto. Uh, the weird, Koto, Japanese Bar and Grill. On Washington Street in Salem, Massachusetts, Wonderful. where they will be doing uh, the weird, uh, a horror and dark readings in the back. You can have some They're some packed. dinner. Yep. You can you can have dinner, drink beer, and and have Tony read some of Steel 
Do you know how you. you get this one? No, oh. I'm going to be in the audience. Oh, okay. I was yeah, at the last read, one. The, read a, a few of the other ones. The place gets packed. I mean, it, it's all the, the chairs are filled, and uh, the, it's quite the audience. It's a lot of fun. So they do that there on a regular basis? Every couple months, I think. Um, he took nice. some time off during the winter after the holidays. He had one in December. Um, the last one that he had was in December. And I think February. No, February. I was at that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, but he was kind of burnt out after the, the holidays and, and setting them up. So he took a couple of months off. But yeah, he's back to trying to get them out every couple of months. Yeah. In the wintertime, a lot of people don't like to go out. Uh, so he was trying to spread out the dates uh so the weather was more amenable to um you know having a night out in the town yep and if anybody's looking for information on it uh you can look at they have a facebook page it is weird spelled w-y-r-d and they uh don't stop they're well they're (laughs) sorry they're actually pretty i'm I'm not looking at it or anything this is off the top of my head um they're actually fairly active and uh it's run by curtis I'm blanking because I'm Lawson. not looking at it. Lawson? Yes, thank you. Curtis Lawson. Um, and he is really good about posting when it's going to be, where it's going to be. We just need to get people to the page. So. Yeah, he's got some pretty big name writers uh, uh, reading also. He's got Chris Golden, Jim Moore. Yep. Uh, a lot of... Is, uh, it, is it weird readings? Is that what it is? No, no. They just read from their uh, their work. You know, the work oh. can be weird, but it's usually horror-related. Gotcha. Well, you know, we will probably have a link up for that for this show so that uh, people are interested and they want to go to it. They can just click on it and get them all the information that they need. Yep. Or they can go on Facebook. They do. Absolutely. So what's coming up? Go ahead, Tony. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I I said it is a lot of fun. It's a a good time. Somebody's going to have to tell Curtis we just gave him a gigantic free commercial. (laughs) <laughs> you know what? What I like about it is kind of cool. You're on a stage, uh, and you've actually read, so you can chime in, Rob. But it, it's like you're going to uh, a theater. You're up on the stage. You're reading. The lights are on you. People are quiet. Uh, they're uh, you know they're very polite, and you can hear the reading. And you in with nine minutes, you can get into a story. You know, you're not getting going to the point where you're bored. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I look forward to going. Yeah, I always it have really fun. Does. It sure sounds like uh, fun at this point. And I would I would definitely like to uh, get some more information on it, not just for the listeners, but, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We, uh, evident- evidently, Curtis is also a writer as well, an author as well. Yes, he is. Yes, he has. He's read. There we go. And I just, yeah. Okay. I found what I needed to find. So now I know what I'm going to be able to talk about. Excellent. <laughs> I also have a, a I'm going to plug my television show. It's a cable show on uh, YouTube, uh, as well as uh, uh, small community televisions all over the U.S. called uh, the Taco Society Presents. And both Rob and Stacy have been on the show. Yes. Writers come and they talk about uh, their work, and they also do some readings. I think we can allow that plug. <laughs> I don't have any problem with that at all. Sure. Okay. 
That's a, that's also a lot of fun. Yeah, that was fun to do. Too. So, Rob, what else have you got going on right now? What's going on in in, in your wonderful little universe there? Am I wonderful? I'm working. Uh, the, the, well, that's the day, good. The day job. I, as a matter of fact, I was working until a little bit after seven o'clock tonight and had to race home to make the sound check, um, which is why I, I did not see, let me see if I can find it. I did not see that I, I was tagged in a post that says, uh, that I will, I will might make bad puns. Why, why does it say that? And, and <laughs> Stacy, Stacy Harris Stacey Longo posted, Tony Tremblay, Rob Smales, and I will be on Sci-Fi Saturday night tonight at 8 p.m. We'll laugh, we'll cry. Rob might make some bad puns. Oh. Yeah, you're good there's, at that. There's no such thing as a bad pun. <laughs> there are some and I think Spider-Robinson would agree with you on that. Yes, he would. There are some freaking terrible <laughs> puns, but there's no bad puns. Um, I am, uh, writing-wise, I am uh, editing a lot and working on... Uh, I've got a couple of novellas that I'm I'm trying to get in shape so I, I can get some longer work out there, um, and submitting short stories around, which hopefully someday someone will accept. That would be nice. I, I can't imagine them not accepting that because you, you've got that wonderfully twisted little sense that that makes your stories so different from everybody else's. And you know I'm a big fan of yours anyway. I know. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. The fingers crossed. And other things that, you know, family show won't mention. <laughs> this is not a family show. I can't <laughs> imagine why you even think that. I, I don't know. I didn't want to tell anybody. Yes. I didn't want to tell I didn't have to say out loud. I had my nuts crossed. <laughs> it's a painful thought, quite frankly. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Hey, I write I write the dark stuff. <laughs> oh, good lord. And Stacy Darlin, what's what's going on with you? What's new? What's exciting? What's amazing? Um, let's see. I just had a book come out last month called My Mom MS in a Sixth Grade Mess because yes. when I'm not writing horror, I write little books for I have a very good friend Renee who was diagnosed with MS in 2008 and she is very passionate about fundraising for the National MS Society and again I, I don't know why a mom but I always feel guilty around her that I should be doing more so um so <laughs> over the past few years I've been writing books about Renee's family and um so the first one was My Mom Has MS, and we used that in 2014 as a fundraiser to raise money for the National MS Society. And I had a lot of um, parents, actually, when doing events, ask, um, ask me if I would consider doing another one aimed at a just a little bit older audience. So this is a middle, a middle school grade book. Um, that, so that just came out, and I'm really proud of it. It was really cute. And God bless Renee and her family, man, because they let me write whatever I want about them. And they don't care. They think it's cool. So that just came out. I'm proud of that. And then I am finally, hopefully, my sister the zombie will see the light of day this year. Oh, 
Thank <laughs> God. I have waited for this book for two years now. I know. I, know. I mean, we started talking about this two and a half years ago. I know, I know, but we had, I, I'm, I don't know, I, I'm sure I told you, um, the first publisher yeah, we, we, bought it, there were issues, I had to get the rights back, so, um, in fact, interior illustrations, uh, that we have someone doing interior illustrations on that, they just finished up, um, and she's actually working on the cover right now, she shot me one image today, um, so I'm hoping that that will be out. Maybe in the fall. And I will. Oh, guess who's going to be on to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so the big question about my sister, the zombie is, has your sister actually read it yet? Not yet. She's waiting for it to be published. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. the best. The <laughs> best. She will. Oh. She'll either cry or stop speaking to me i don't know but it'll be fun either way both. <laughs> yeah, both. Both. yeah. <laughs> never know <laughs> but i'll tell you her boys are gonna love it <laughs> <laughs> stacy rob tony guys thank you uh this has uh been a lot of fun we're gonna do a little bit of news now if you want to hang around for that Sure. And if, if not, you're just gonna kind of leave unobtrusively and you, you know how to do that <laughs> kriana uh, let's do some news. What do you say? Yeah, you threw the, the laser beam in there at the same time. Nicely done. I know. I'm awesome. <laughs> Java Zombrarian, Griana, anything you guys want to talk about this week? You know what we haven't talked about? And I think... Uh, I like how we had a chance to answer there. Okay, go ahead. You answer first. Yeah, I don't I have anything. Have I knew that. <laughs> um, Java, have you been watching Legion? Nope. Uh, I've heard things about it. Okay. But I, I, I haven't watched it. Uh, you know, I'm still I'm still kind of caught up on this whole idea that <clears throat> I don't really need any more Marvel in my life. So <laughs> okay. Um, no, but but I've heard really good things about it. There, there's, um, there's just so much. There's just so much. You really, you, at this point, you really need to be really picky about what it is because otherwise it's just so much stuff out there right now it's really overwhelming yeah and and to be to be honest i mean i've spent most of my time recently watching shows that are are nothing like um uh science fiction or fantasy Really? What a traitor! What are you? Watching? I, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I watched the Young Pope. I suppose you could you could consider that fantasy. It's um, it's speculative fiction in a, yeah. in a sense. It's which was really good. Um, but I I just I haven't been watching much. I think that I'm I'm kind of burned out on it. Um, but I I have been keeping up on Star Trek Discovery news, just yeah. because it it looks like you know it. it it, it plays with your heart so much. Um, you know, there, there was the, the leak of the, um, the Klingon 
character designs that that came out um a lot of casting stuff some changes in leadership father that whole thing yeah and then losing the showrunner and changing all that and then pushing back the date another six months right yeah i mean and and it's still slated to be an exclusive um you know subscription thing which you know okay whatever cbs you do what you need to do. I'm, I'm, I don't know that we ever talked about Doug Jones being cast. Um, we did not. Because that is super cool news. And I remember him talking about something that was in the works that he couldn't talk about. That he couldn't talk about at that point. That's and, right. Oh, man. When I saw that news that, that he's going to play a lieutenant on the ship. And obviously it's pro- it's going to be a um, a character that's that's going to be a different species because that's his specialty i i would assume um that i mean that's that just that that's super cool and and you know we've got some some other good casting anthony rapp and uh, michelle yo and and i i think that i think that the casting is solid i i just i want to see the show i'm tired of waiting i'm tired of teasers i'm tired of the marketing push i just want to see the show now because you, it doesn't matter how great the marketing is for something if it's not going to follow through. Problem with the marketing push for me has been is it hasn't been as much about the content as it has been been about the CBS paywall. And you can only get it on. I mean, can they say that a, a, a thousand more times? So, yeah, I mean, I'm a concerned yeah. about that as well. And I mean, I'm still for this for this year. Like, I'm trying to I'm trying to pare down my my viewing, um, and and focus a little bit more on some other hobbies that I have. So, you know, I I'm trying to be pretty selective. And I've got American Gods coming up this year, and Game of Thrones, which yeah. is going to be a must watch season. You know, and and Stranger Things season two. Like, I Rick and Morty. <laughs> I mean, we just there's just so much to watch. <laughs> And I, so, so I just, I, rather than, than watch television, I've been, I've been doing other things. Um, and, and so, but the, the news that that's kind of surrounding discovery is, has been kind of compelling. And uh, in a lot of, for a lot of reasons, uh, and Doug Jones definitely being one of them, the, the thing that bothered me this week is, uh, actually started two weeks ago when Guillermo del Toro uh, said, I am reaching out to every member of the Hellboy cast for Hellboy 3. And everybody assumed, oh, well, now we're all set. Uh, And he came out today and he said, rumors aside, Hellboy 3 is not happening in any way, shape, or form. And I just think that's a shame. But, you know, I would have liked another, another edition of that. Yeah, I would have too. I mean, uh, Hellboy is one of those things that that is just really solid, and I mean, he does a great job with it. So, I think. And and then he goes on from there to talk about, but Pacific Rim Uprising is happening, which we all knew anyway. But which is great because Pacific Rim was great. It, it was. I don't know if it was great. It was good. I, I don't. I don't know. It was fun. Yeah, I mean, it was it, exactly what it was supposed to be. Pacific Rim was exactly what it was supposed to be. It was, it was, you know, nothing, nothing particularly deep or, or anything like that. Um, it was robots, 
beating the shit out of yeah uh, monsters. That, isn't that isn't that what we monsters. want? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> um, you know, th- there's casting stuff about Inhumans. There's, uh, you know, I don't know, a bunch of a, a bunch of things that that are about series that I really really don't care about. Um, I'm concerned that Orphan. I, I kind of gave up on Orphan Black last season, and but it's coming back for a final season this year, which I thought was interesting. And I'm, I'm wondering whether I'm going to give it another, another push or not. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, because I'm feeling that same kind of, uh, overload. But I, I haven't seen an awful lot of movies, so I'm, basically doing the TV thing more than anything else. So when I found out Lucifer's coming back for season three, I was pleased. Uh, you know, uh, Legion, I'm really happy watching. It's It's been really, really interesting to watch. And it's probably one of the most uh, interesting Marvel TV shows I've seen in a while. But, you know, that's the way it goes. It's been uh, overload. Yeah, you know, I mean, people keep talking about Walking Dead, and I just, I'm just like, um, yeah, sorry, <laughs> not interested in that. Um, the there's some cool video game stuff going on. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn drops at the end of this week. That's a pl- PlayStation Four exclusive where you play a a a woman who is an outcast from a primitive tribe that also does like hacking stuff. (laughs) So it's an interesting premise, but you, you um, hunt massive mechanical dinosaurs. Uh, Looks really cool. Completely single player and a multiplayer. Um, But it's on my list for when this gets discounted, I will play that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. And, uh, you know, the Switch is is kind of dominating my life right now as I wait expectantly for the next Nintendo console. You seriously ready to go that route, are you, uh, at this, at um, this point? I've already pre-ordered. Um, because, I guess you are. <laughs> because there is a Zelda game, and I want it. Um. I, I don't know. The toy conference is coming up, going on right now. Um, the the big toy thing. So there's lots of stuff about that. Um, you know, Transformers and BB full size BB-8 droids you can buy, and you know, just just a whole bunch of stuff. I did see today a picture of the cast of the new Han Solo movie, which was kind of interesting. Um, they all got got into um, the set of the Millennium Falcon and put out a cast picture. So so you can check this out. Uh, I mean, I I think I saw it on BBC. And you can see Woody Harrelson and Chris Miller and Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Alden Einar, the whole cast, everybody. Um, Danny Glover. Nice. Uh, and, And you can see, like, you can see... All of these characters, they're not in costume except for Chewbacca. Um, and are you sure that's a co- oh, sorry. <laughs> and I don't 
know how to feel about it. You know what I mean? Like, I know exactly what you mean. We've been invested in the franchise forever. Uh, Thandi Newton is also in the cast there. She played, um, one of the, one of the main characters in Westworld. And great. Uh, you know, and, and I just, I just want, again, I just want to see it. I'm tired of people talking about it and, and, and being like, Oh, let's speculate about this. I'm just, I'm just, I want to know, I want to experience it and then have, have an opinion about that and be able to react to it. Yeah. Yeah. As, as opposed to, uh, I think, I think that what I'm really, what I've really discovered over the course of the past year or so is that my, my aversion to this stuff is not so much an aversion to the media itself, but the hype around it. I, I, I've, um, I think that the, the, the marketing of most of these things has become so ever present that it detracts from what you experience in the in the theater or in your living room when you watch it on the small screen the um, marketing has become the experience in and of itself and it's it's a totally empty unsatisfying experience in in some cases that's absolutely true this that's especially true in video games with with alternate or um, augmented reality games that that go along with you know the main the main game and um, or the release of it or more downloadable content or something like that so um, I'm, I'm really looking forward this year to, um, American gods. I'm looking forward to, uh, more Westworld. I don't know when that's coming back. Uh, Game that's, of that's a year off at least. Yeah. Westworld, they've, they've pushed back another six months. So yeah. And yeah. That's unfortunate as well. That was a great first they, story arc. Wonderful. They, they should take as much time as they want with it because to be perfectly honest, the, the last thing I want is for them to rush and to have something cruddy for the second season, like with, like with what happened with Walking Dead. And I think that everybody's learned the lesson of The Walking Dead, which is, um, I, that's even true with Game of Thrones. The you know the If you want to ma- maintain a successful franchise, the worst possible thing to do is to drop the ball in the second season. That's when you actually get people who haven't seen it coming back to it because they want to they are coming to it. They want to binge it. They want to binge the first season because they're hearing the hype about the second season. So can, can, can we call this the farmhouse syndrome? Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, no, no one wants to be, no one wants to watch you at a farmhouse. It doesn't matter exactly. if, if the farmer is a doctor. <laughs> or if there's a girl in the, in the barn. That's not like, it doesn't, there's a girl in the barn. There's no, there's, there's a girl in the barn. Sorry. Anyway. So one of the things I'm going to post up in the next day or so are the, uh, 2016 Nebula award nominees, uh, which I thought, uh, there's some really, really, uh, interesting inclusions there. Uh, some really wonderful stuff and some really odd choices as well. So I'm going to be posting that on and, uh, I think we're about done. Oh, hey. Um, I, oh, I, maybe not. No, no, never mind. We can go. I just, I was just no, saying you... that there's a company called the Key Foundry. Their Kickstarter just got funded. I wish I could have told you all about it, but you can buy classic um, science fiction and fantasy swords as keys. 
Um, they ran a great nice. campaign. Go over and check them out. You can get the Master Sword. You can get the TARDIS key. Barely, barely did not make it. But man, check out their other keys. We'll get the chance to talk about that next week. What do you say? Yeah. I want to thank our guests for joining us tonight. Stacey Mongo, Bob Smiles, Tony Tremblay, the triple threat of horror crime authors. Talk about the Died by Saturday podcast, Medicon, Portuguese Comic-Con, and Megafest, books at blues.com, and Comic Art House. This is Comic Art House's best deals of dozens of your favorite If you have a moment, take a look at Sci-Fi Saturday Night's first anthology, My Peculiar Family, now on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Our intro music production was provided by Rob Watts. Find more of his creations at robwattsonline.com. Our outro music is there somewhere. Was provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Check out their groups on lawrencemademecry.com. Our guests is, are wonderful tonight. Thank you for joining us. Stacy, Rob, Tony, we'll have you back again whenever you'd like. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Dome. Not a problem. Many thanks to the gang for joining us tonight. From the Time Warp, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana, and the woman of words, Umbrian, thank you so much. That's what she said. Back from the shadows. That means six more weeks of con season. Thanks, Java. This is Dome saying, Terry and Jeannie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody. I know.